Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll enjoy. Well, good morning. Surprise. Surprise. If you're new here, uh, I am not the senior pastor. This is our senior pastor, Scott Howard, right here. Let's give Scott Howard a hand this morning, Pastor Scotty. I want to thank him so much for this opportunity to, to share the word with you guys. Uh, I love Pastor Scotty. Uh, we went to Israel. Well, we've been to Israel a couple of times. Let me just put this. The more time I spend with Brother Scotty, I tell you, I love this man. I really do. He's a spiritual father in my life, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And, and Brother Scotty, it's an honor to serve under you. It really is. He wanted me to share with you guys, uh, Ryan and Jackie are okay. You know, they're in California, California area. They said they felt the second quake a little bit more than the first, but they're fine. And they said, thank you guys so much for your prayers and amen. Put your hands together for that and for everybody in that area to be protected uh, from all these things that are going on. So let's say a prayer. Lord, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity, Lord, for us to be together in this house, to worship you, to honor you, Lord, to hear from your word, Lord. Lord, speak to us today. May it not be my words or anyone's words, but maybe, Lord, what you want us to hear and what each person in this house needs to hear. Lord, anoint it and speak through me as best. May I be the vessel you want me to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, I want to start off today. I, I, was, I was on the Sea of Galilee I was on a, we didn't get on this boat and we go over the Sea of Galilee and, and as, as we were going over the Sea of Galilee, it started to rain, which is very rare in Israel. It doesn't rain a whole lot there. And I was sitting kind of off to myself. There was a worship song playing and, and I kind of cried a little bit, but I didn't let anybody see it, you know, and, uh, and I was just having a, a very spiritual moment and I saw it raining and, and I felt like the Lord spoke to my house and he said, I'm, I'm bringing a latter rain to life church. And I was like, now, now granted, I... Um, I really didn't know, I, some of you guys probably know exactly everything there is to know about ladder rain, but I didn't. And I was like, you know, I want to research ladder rain. Well, today, let me share with you on, on the message. It's kind of a combo message. It's, it's a part of that revelation. And it's mixed also with the revelation God gave me, a, gave me a few months ago that I spoke at Baccalaureate that Brother Scotty asked me to share. So this is a compilation of a couple of things, but I believe the Lord has put it together. So in the latter rain, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, one of our favorite chapters here, us uh, spirit-filled folks here at Life Church, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. And this was part of Peter's sermon uh, right after they had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. He gave this message, and of course we know thousands came to know Jesus Christ. And of course they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. But Peter, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It's real early. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. Now let's talk about this word pouring out. The pouring out Peter refers to at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verse 17 is not some abstract use of the word. It has to do with latter rain. The latter rains were the rains that came in the spring. In Israel, they'd have rains in the fall, in the November area, then they'd have these latter rains. The latter rains, also known as Malkosh, if hopefully it's coming up there, here we go, are much harder rains that would have just caused flooding and devastation if they had come earlier on to the dusty, dry ground. 
But these latter spring rains are essential for the agricultural cycle. The latter rains, the latter rains for this house, Life Church, is not for dusty, dry ground. This strong rain would only cause flooding and problems. This latter rain is for soil that is softer. And this soil of this house is softer and it's ready to receive the downpour. After years and years and years, not every church, not every body can handle the latter rains. But this church, the people, I'm not talking about the church, I'm not talking about the building, I'm talking about the people that come in this house. The people that come in this house, your spirits have been softened by the Spirit of God, and you are open and your soul is ready for the downpour of His Spirit. Now that's what we're going to talk about, is the downpour of His Spirit, but also how can we make sure we are ready individually? It's got to come to your house, to your spiritual house first, before it comes to this house. Is the spiritual soul of your life prepared, soft, and ready to receive the downpour of the Holy Spirit? These latter downpours can more easily penetrate the softer ground and bring forth a second harvest in the spring. Do you know rain has a dual implication? It means two things. First, as refreshing, where there has been dryness and barrenness. Second, as restoration, where there has been loss. That was from Jack Hayford. So is the spiritual soul of your life ready to receive a Holy Spirit downpour of refreshing and restoration? Now, revival or his restoration and refreshing is not just for you, but it's what God wants to do through you because of that. There is a purpose for his downpour and his revival in your life. Now, here's the question. Hold on, I got to grab something. Are you open to getting soaked? Now listen, I don't believe in superstition and that kind of stuff. If, if those musicals, if they can dance with an umbrella, I can open one in here, okay? All right? Now, here's the question. Are you ready for a downpour in your spiritual life, or do you put up your spiritual umbrella all the time? If you want a downpour in your life, you got to get rid of the umbrella. Now, what is the umbrella in your life? Now listen. I grew up holding it, so I got my toes stomped every Sunday. I'm not here to stomp your toes, okay? But I did write a few things down. And these things are things that maybe I thought, maybe you've come in this house and you put an umbrella up and don't even realize it. Maybe you come up in the house. Let let me say something about revival. I think Brother Scotty read it something the other day. I believe revival is not something we have to wait for. I believe revival is here. I believe it's in this house. You know, listen, I've been... Now, I'm, I'm not that old. Well, I guess I'm middle-aged, but I've been to a lot. Of, you know, it seems like people always go looking for the Holy Spirit somewhere. I'm not trying to knock people going, but let me just speak to you. I've, I've been, I've seen, I've been around the anointing when there was the, oh, where are the different things I've been to? Let's see. Uh, Brownsville. Went there in the midst of that. I uh, was around Kim Clement and that prophetic anointing. Uh, when I was younger, I've been to all these different places where there's been the fire of the Holy Spirit and healing. And let me tell you something. I have felt the same intense power right here in this place and sometimes greater. I felt it a little greater. I mean, listen, I felt it just a great over there a while ago during worship. Gio came by and said, man, I got healed. I wasn't even praying. I was healed and I wasn't even praying for anybody. I was praying for somebody else. I have felt it in this house just as much as I've been to every great revival in the United States. I have felt it right here. So what's the only difference? They got the umbrella up. You need to put it down. 
You know, when some, yeah, let's get soaked. Let's get wet, Brother Scotty. Do you want to get wet? When there's a revival in the house in different places across this country, it's because people show up and drive ready to get wet. They don't walk in going, mm. He didn't play my worship song today. Mm. Lord, she needs to be up there in worship. I saw where she was last night. Mm. Is he wearing that on stage in church? Lord, strike him. I am so hungry. Is church going to be over anytime soon? Now listen, I could go on and on, and, and I'm, we sometimes are in the flesh, amen? amen. You know, I heard, I heard one, of my, one of my teachers sometimes said, he said, do you have your antenna? I don't know how to explain it. I can't explain the Holy Spirit completely. Maybe you can, but I tell you, I'll do the best I can with the scriptures. He says, I have my spiritual antenna up when I'm ready to receive. Question is, do you have your spiritual antenna up, or do you have your umbrella up? Which one's up? You got your spiritual antenna up or you got your umbrella up? You know, I believe it's the response of the people. You know, I believe revival is here. I believe everything we want to receive is right here. You can go look every church you want. I believe it's right here. I believe it's right here. I'm not going to read all that. Some of that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I wrote down some stuff. I like, I don't want to read that. You know, sometimes it's not only external issues, umbrella, external, rain, things you you know, don't, don't stop that rain. Get wet. But sometimes it's internal. Sometimes there's things that you're seeing that's stopping you from receiving the Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's things that are internal that nobody knows about. You know, we have to choose to put down the umbrella and get soaked. You have to choose. And there's some internal things. Let me talk about the internal things. I'm going to be a little vulnerable here with you. Uh, those of you who are back a lot heard some of this. I may be repetitive, but you know what? I feel like there's some people in the house that need to hear it. And um, so I'm going to go back to, to where I was younger. I was in high school. I think I was, I don't know how old I was, 10th grade, 11th grade, I don't remember. But uh, I was not a very cool kid. I, I grew up in public school. Uh, there was like 300 and something in my graduating class. Uh, I was a smart kid. I was one of the nerdy smart kids. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know any of y'all nerdy smart kids. Okay, only three of you. Okay, great. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I was one of the nerdy smart kids. And uh, listen, it just you got to get to decide who you are. And uh, we'd have an hour for lunch, which is very different from Faith Academy, where I also do some ministry. And uh, we have 15 minutes. But anyway, uh, we, we'd have an hour for lunch. And I was always pretty smart. I made sure that during the hour, me and my nerdy friends would go to the lunchroom. And we would hang around the lunchroom area because there was at least one adult there. There was no other adults anywhere else. You could run around the whole campus if you wanted to. Okay, this was in the early 1990s. You could even smoke at my high school if you had a note from your parents and you were 15. Um, but anyway, so one day me and my nerdy friends, we, we, we roamed away from the central location uh, of the, where the cafeteria was. And we decided we were going to head out toward the, the track football field. I don't know why. I think we were just talking nerd stuff and, and, and walking. <laughs> And uh, there was a group of like four of us. It was me, Greg, and Jerry, and Taurus. It's kind of funny. Greg's in charge of some big computer company, and Jerry's an engineer in charge of something, and Taurus is in charge of a school system. Anyway, the point is, we, at that point in time, we were just little nerds. And we were walking to the, the football field, and all of a sudden, these some athletic fellas came up, some jocks, and they're like, what you nerds doing? We're like, mm-hmm. We're just, you know, I mean, I don't know what they've been doing, lunch pumping iron or something. I don't know. But they're like, what are you nerds doing? And we're like, mm, I don't know. 
Well, the next thing I knew, they had grabbed us nerds. There was probably like seven or eight of them. They were bigger than we were, a lot bigger. Um, you know, we were real scrawny. They, they picked us up, and there was a nice big green dumpster right around the corner. Um, and the next thing I know, we're like in the air floating as we hit into the dumpster. Granted, it was the, you know, the box dumpster, so it wasn't the trash dumpster from the cafeteria, so that was the positive. So we, we all laid, we're all laying in the box. I remember laying in the boxes, you know, with Jerry and Greg. And I hear Greg go, are they gone? <laughs> and, and I was like, I don't hear them. I think they are. So, so I remember us four crawling out of the dumpster, kind of looking at each other, not speaking a word, and basically deciding for the rest of our lives we would never speak of that again. And we went as fast as we could back to the cafeteria area. You know? And honestly, you know, for some people, they would let the dumpster experiences of life define who they are. Now, I don't know if we were so socially inept or smart enough to realize, you know what? We'll probably be their boss one day, so who cares, you know? <laughs> and so we didn't let the dumpster experience define us. But my question to you today is, how many of us, how many of you in here, an in internal perspective, allow the dumpster experiences of life to define who you are? Did they show you the dumpster picture? Come on, there's a good dumpster picture. Can y'all show me that one? Well, they might show it in a minute. Some kid's got his head in the dumpster. All right, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Oh, well. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, and in hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak... Then because of him, I am strong. Figuratively, there may have been a time in your past that you were thrown into a life dumpster. You know, some give up. They stay in the dumpster. Just say, you know, I'm just going to stay here. Some people are afraid to crawl out. Some people are afraid to face the difficulties head on. Some people want to hide spiritually under their umbrella. But at some point in your life, and I've been in a dark place before, some point in your life, you just got to stand up, get out of the dumpster, stand strong, lift your head and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. I can, I can, I really can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Sometimes you just got to stand up and say, I'm not going to live in that dumpster anymore. Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. I mean, he only got halfway. We were in the dumpster, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to live there. You don't have to. You may get thrown in, but get yourself out. I want to talk about somebody in the scriptures. I hope I'm not taking away sermon material from Brother Scotty. He, I apologize right now. But we went to the fields of Boaz when we were in Israel. And we were there, uh, we got to look out over the plain, the hilly plain, of where David would have gone out and been a shepherd. Now, you guys know who David's great-grandmother was, right? David's great-grandmother was Ruth. No, the fields of Boaz was Ruth. Well, Ruth was a what? A Moabite. That means she's a Gentile. That means she's a foreigner. That means she's not a Jew. Now, she married a Jew. That means great David's great-grandmother was not Jewish. 
Now, a lot of times when we talk about David, we talk about that experience where Samuel came to the house and wanted to see all the sons of Jesse. Remember that? All the sons were lined up except for one, and we know that was David. Now, who was Samuel? If you don't know, let me tell you who Samuel was. Samuel was the prophet of the country. I don't know how to explain it. It'd be like taking, taking the president and the generals in charge of the, of the military and the pope and Billy Graham and all combo them into one. That was Samuel. So if Samuel showed up to your house, what would you do? Would you, would you dress the way you're dressing right now? I doubt it. You'd be going buying some new clothes. You'd be cleaning up. You'd be cooking all kinds of stuff. You'd have all your kids out there fine and dressed, right? Because he's coming to the house. He had everything lined up, all his kids. He didn't even invite David. Now, a lot of times we say all kinds of stuff as to why, but I learned something I didn't know. You know in the scriptures it says this in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 12. I even use the New Revised Standard Version so you know it would be right on here. He sent and brought them him in. This is David. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. Ruddy. That Hebrew word ruddy has to do with basically that he was red-haired and had a reddish complexion. Do you know that Moabites had red hair, blonde reddish hair, real pale complexion? You know the reason he was out there? Because the rest of the family said, he don't even look like a Jew. Do we think we want the, the king and the prophet of the land to even see this Gentile looking kid? We're going to send him out in the, and the, we're going to send him out there with the sheep and make sure nobody can even see, see him around. We're not going to even invite him to the house. His own family was racist against him because he didn't even look like a Jew. Talking about being a dumpster experience. You know David knew that Samuel was at the house. They didn't even invite him to the house. He was out there taking care of the sheep. Did David allow that? Dump? Now, I tell you, if that happened to me, don't you think you remember that experience? David did not allow that dumpster experience of his life to define who he was. Instead, he was called out all nasty and sweaty, red hair, blonde hair, didn't look like a Jew. And that's who God anointed to be the next king of Israel. Who, what you look like, where you've been, your past, your experiences do not define what God has in store for your future. David was treated like an outcast by his own family. His own brothers and father viewed him as an outcast. He didn't look like a Jew. Saul, as king of Israel, tried to kill him for 10 years. He had to live in a desert and a cave for 10 years. He slept with another man's wife. He murdered an innocent man. His first child died. His daughter was raped by one of his own sons. One of his sons killed another. One of his sons tried to kill him. He was ran out of his own kingdom by his own son. You think you got problems. And who did God say had a heart toward him? But David never hid. He never, he may have had problems, but there's one thing he respected, and that was the presence of God. He may have messed up a million times, but he knew to put this thing down and to let the Spirit of God to direct his life. 
Oh, sorry about that. Let me get, get the umbrella there. Okay, sorry. I probably need to throw it in the trash. But anyway, all right. There may be somebody out there that thinks you're dumpster trash. But you know what? We don't live our lives based upon what other people think, do we? The only opinion that matters is Jesus Christ. Romans 14, to each one's own master, he stands or falls, and I'm going to stand because my master is Jesus Christ. I tell you, that's, if you if you got a problem in your life and somebody's making you feel bad or shaming you, saying, to each one's own master, he stands or falls, and you are not my master, Jesus Christ is. I'm not living my life based on your convictions. I'm living my life based on the convictions of the Holy Spirit directed by Jesus Christ, who is my master, and you are not. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Okay, anyway. God didn't make a mistake when he created you. God doesn't make mistakes. He can't make mistakes or he would not be God. God is never wrong. He does not create dumpster trash. You are created with a purpose and you're created with a plan and his anointing is on you. And the only person you have to please is Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes, it must be anointing. I don't plan to say those things. Ecclesiastes 3.11, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. God doesn't promise to keep you out of the dumpsters of life, but he promises to see you through every last one of them. James 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know, consider it joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now I'm going to go back to my focal point. Acts 2, 28 to 39. Jesus replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. And then Acts 2.17, and it shall come to pass in the last days. In the last days, I will pour out, I will pour out a latter rain, a latter rain. A hard rain, a refreshing rain, a restoration rain, an anointed rain because this house, you individually can handle the hard rain of his spirit in your life because you know what to do with it. It's not going to create a flood because you're ready for it. That I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, all flesh. You're worthy because of the blood of Jesus. You're worthy because of the blood of Jesus. So forget the dumpster, put it in the past, take down the umbrella, and receive the downpour of his spirit in your life. Put your hands together. Come on. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at life-church.org. 